Welcome to another episode of Band Director Bootcamp, the podcast with productivity and wellness tips for busy band directors. I'm your host, Leslie Moffat, and I'm really grateful to be sharing this platform with you. As busy band directors, we know you don't have a lot of time to sit and watch lengthy professional development webinars, so we share 20-minute tidbits with takeaways you can use to support you in this awesome profession in a healthy way. And today, I bring to you... uh, Sarah Natepsky, who teaches in Michigan. She's a 7th through 12th grade band director, and she has a 7th grade general music class. And she has faced some challenges in her life that have forced her to find some solutions. And so she's going to come here today and tell us about her solutions and then why she had to do that and give us some steps that maybe there'll be some takeaways that you can go, hey, this sounds familiar. Maybe I could try that. So that's what we're here to do today. So as we get started, first, let me say thank you, Sarah, for being here. And please introduce yourself to all those band directors out there. Well, thank you, Leslie. It's so lovely to be here. And I'm glad that we could join ourselves or join together through this medium, of course. Um, As she said, my name is Sarah Natupski and I grew up in Michigan. I am the seventh through 12th grade band director at um, a school in Jackson, Michigan. Um, During my career, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis about four years ago. And so I've had to figure out how to um, live and survive and um, be a a human with multiple sclerosis. And so I've come up with a few different solutions that I'm excited to talk about today. So I'm just kind of putting two and two together because I'm kind of slow. So you started teaching eight years ago. You got a few years under your belt. You got an MS diagnosis. We're just starting to deal with that. And then COVID hit. Yes. Okay. So, so, (laughs) oh, okay. So, okay. I just want to put that in perspective. So before I go on and we talk about all that there must be a reason that you're so dedicated to being a music teacher. How come? How come you're a band director? I've always um, loved the idea of being in music and performance. You know, like so many band kids, you grow up loving the culture and the passion and beyond. But I actually didn't decide I wanted to major in music until the January of my senior year of high school. I've probably realized I should have realized much sooner that I wanted to be a teacher. I would watch my teachers as early as second grade. And in a non-judgmental way, I would say, like, if I was teaching right now, I would do this, you know, as a six, seven, eight year old and beyond. And then when I got to my senior year, I wanted to actually major in political science and be a lobbyist, which um, I could use a lot of those skills, I think, as a music teacher, of course. But then I was having a heart to heart with my AP English teacher. And um, she said, you know, why do you want to major in business? And I said, I want to make money. I want to travel the world. And she's like, is that what life is really about? And then it caused some self-reflection. And I ended up in music education from there. Well, I've seen so much of what you do with your kids and it's clear that you are loved very much and that you love what you do, but you got to find a way to do it Yes, in a sustainable way. And you're shared about getting an MS diagnosis and that probably caused um, a shift in your life and in your thinking and, and a change in how you do things. So tell us what, you know, where, what this meant for you when this all happened and how did you cope and what have you done so that you can still teach? Yeah, the MS diagnosis, it had the um, 
the road to it took about four years. I actually had started to show symptoms with vertigo and migraines in my first year of teaching within the first few weeks. And I remember saying to my new principal and my superintendent, like, this isn't who I am. I don't know what's going on. I had to be absent. And um, then a few years later, I had some more severe symptoms actually right before band festival one year in 2019, which is the year that I was diagnosed. I was in the hospital the night before band festival because my MS symptoms present like a stroke. My face goes numb, my arm and leg go numb, and I have slurred speech and beyond. And I had been having on and off symptoms throughout the week. And then I finally was like, I have to go to the hospital. How am I going to do sight reading tomorrow? And um, and then that led to a CT scan. And then from there, um, eventually I got to go to a, a different hospital and that helped with my diagnosis. But um, I just have had to learn how to pace myself. Pacing myself has been the biggest solution, I think, to being able to continue teaching and beyond. There's this idea in the um, uh, autoimmune and other chronic illness world of how many spoons did you wake up with? There's a really great article that um, basically says, you know, think about if uh, your, your very best days, let's say your best day, you wake up with 10 spoons and maybe your commute takes one spoon away from you. And then you have your morning and you have a calm morning. So it only takes another one or two spoons. But then later in the afternoon, maybe if you're a teacher, you have that class, you have that (laughs) kind of class that is harder on you. And maybe they take two or three or even four spoons away from you. What do you have for the rest of the day? You only have a few spoons and then you have to go home. You make dinner, take your dog out. If you have kids, you know, deal with practices and beyond and other parts of your life that you love, but they're exhausting. And so I've had to change the way that I view my days. And so in the morning, maybe I wake up and on days I feel really well, I can frame my day um, accordingly. But then on days when I know I wake up and I have my migraine symptoms, I have to adjust the fact that I have to, you know, make sure I have my migraine medication or how will I cope with this? Or should I even go to school today? And so um, doing that self-reflection and pacing myself piece with this spoon idea helps a lot. You talk too about like when you get to a certain class, you might be more worn out and instead of the traditional ensemble rehearsal, putting them in small groups. And so you're more monitoring. And so that awareness and having backup sets of plans that you can do like that so that when you just don't have the energy, the spoons, if you will, to to do certain things, you you have the backup plan. So it's not creating more stress as you try to panic and find something. Yes, I've actually had some pretty nice success with especially my junior high classes and then it continues into high school is um, one thing I do is I train my students on how to run a class where I can sit and just watch them. And so it could be used as a sub lesson plan, but I also will occasionally use it in my own class of, you know, what do they do when they get on the podium? How do you start the band? How do you call out requests or, you know, should they stay in their seat and make the requests? We had I had a a little bit of a um, wild class this year. And we decided that it was better for them when they run the class that somebody stays in their seat and does it from their seat versus getting up on the podium. And now they just have done beautifully with it. And they have that sense of ownership and power and they're proud of themselves that they can do that too. And it's been great. And your energy can be used on other things then. Yes, yes, absolutely. And it builds so much yeah, camaraderie and community within the student thing too. And so often 
any other band directors out there control freaks? Mm -hmm. (laughs) How do we let go of that control? And maybe some of that control is what causes a lot of tension that creates a lot of disease in our bodies. I know that was for me, the stress that I carried was manifesting in all kinds of aches and pains and presenting as lots of other things. And, um, and it was, my doctor would always say, oh, it's just stress as if it was like no big deal or it's just this, like, why are you stressed? You just teach kids some songs, um, you know? And, and um, so I, I just didn't understand that stress is, can be deadly. Honestly. It absolutely can. And it's, you know, if you read anything about MS, it says MS is not caused by stress and that's fine, but we know that stress really takes a toll on someone medically and beyond. And so you have to think that people who have other pre-existing conditions and beyond are going to really have um, a really bad effect on, on, or they're going to react to stress even possibly worse. Well, and if stress, like for me, if I'm stressed out, especially about school, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and it keeps me awake. That Mm -hmm. inadvertently can impact your MS because our bodies heal when they're sleeping. And if we can't get that sleep in the, in the stages of sleep that we need, our bodies can't heal. So whatever's already not good in the body is not going to, is, is going to progressively get worse. And so stress will impact us in some ways um, because yeah, it does, it impacts so much. And and I did, I never understood that really until, you know, the last five or six years where I was like, holy cow. And when yes. I changed some things um, and you talked about this, you know, uh, as things have been challenging and the like, um, you, you said that you had some goals for talking about today. And one of them was talking about pacing yourselves um, as teachers, music teachers, and you, and two other things you talked about were advocating for yourself and presenting solutions and um, share what you're doing. For example, next year, what has, what that's probably going to look like for you and why you did this and how this has to do with pacing yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So something I've been really working towards is um, at the end of this year is advocating for myself and then coming up with the solutions and not just presenting problems to administrators or other people within my school district. So for example, I have a class right now that I have loved teaching. It's a seventh grade general music class. We do bucket drumming, ukulele, um, fine arts games, other projects, and it's really wonderful, but it's a required class for seventh graders actually that rotates quarterly. And it's um, something that is very taxing on me in a, in a, in a, just exhaustive way. And so I realized that if I potentially didn't have that class anymore, it would um, be better for me in terms of my schedule throughout the day. And also we are in dire need of more high school electives and beyond. And so I went to my administration and I had already done my research on some of our other classes and some of the other shifts with other teachers. And I realized that it would be feasible to maybe show them and petition that I not have this class anymore. And instead I teach a high school elective. We're trying to either do a music production class or choir music production. I have some experience with, and then choir we used to have, and this choir class was actually replaced by the seventh grade um, music appreciation class. And I just said, you know, if we could change this, then students would have more electives and beyond. Um, And so I think it's going to go through and it looks like the solution that I had come up with and presented to them has been picked up on and they appreciated that homework and research that I did. And so that 
could look a lot uh, different with having student high school students choose to be in the class versus any 25 random seventh graders. Um, it's been wonderful to get to know the whole school. And I basically know everyone now at my small kind of rural, rural school, but at the same time, it um, is a shift that I think the whole school will benefit from. Oh, for sure. And the way you did it, you had to make sure you were pacing yourself. You under, you probably spent some time reflecting on where is the energy being sucked first before you made came up with stuff. And then you thought about it. And then the way you went in with that solution, you know, because administrators, they want to do the right thing, but they just don't always know. No. Right. And so if we can come in there and help them not have problems down the line, if you're coming in with those solutions and stuff, they don't have to think about. And it doesn't cost them money, especially they're pretty up on that. But yes. Awesome. Welcome band director bootcamp listeners. If you're feeling a bit burnt out and are ready for support and accountability partners in your wellness and productivity, we have an amazing opportunity for you. Join our 90-day virtual boot camp, a community initiative designed for busy band directors like you who love their job but seek a more sustainable approach. We'll meet weekly, discuss your wellness goals, and develop strategies to help you achieve them. We'll tackle productivity hacks and fine-tuned systems for the upcoming school year. With 35 years of experience, I've got some tricks and tips up my sleeve that I can't wait to share. So as we move into a new season of our lives, if you want to feel empowered and supported by like-minded individuals, this is your chance. Reach out to me at banddirectorbootcamp.com or click on the link in our show notes to schedule a 15-minute call. Let's ensure this is the right fit for you, get you signed up, and embark on this wellness journey together. Because together, we rise. Um, you know, if... If you hadn't figured out how to pace yourself better and uh, be advocating for yourself and do those things, um, where do you think you'd be with the band director and career right now, given everything else? I don't think my career could go much further within this profession. Um, it's already an intensive career for the average band director. I mean, there's no band director that would, or music teacher, choir director, orchestra that could say this job was easy. I'm not tired at all. And it, you know, everyone has some type of, um, work life, um, balance that they need to seek in it. And so I don't think I would be able to maintain the career or my schools, um, if I didn't make these changes and that's heartbreaking, you know, that I truly am at my dream job. I love that. I have both middle school and high school when I was in college and everyone was saying, Oh, I want middle school. I want high school. I want, I, I just wanted a job. First of all, <laughs> I love that I get to work with both, both, um, both age groups and it's so special. And so I really hold my job near and dear to my heart, but I also care about myself and my family and that has to come first. And I, I can't be in a career that is really slowly killing me in some kind of way with the stress and the way that I feel, or, you know, I don't work in an air conditioned school and multiple sclerosis is very, very much, very much affected by heating and cooling changes. And so I've had to come up with solutions for that. And so, um, I don't think I could continue with what we do if I didn't have some type hadn't advocated for myself. That's an important lesson and it's hard to do. It's hard, but you, like you, you slipped a word in there. You said you had done your homework. So you mm -hmm. figure and so yeah, and you had to know what you needed to do, but that's that's why it worked. So um and before we wrap up, we've got time for one more question. And I always like to ask at the end here, if you were to pass the baton, as it were, to the newest teachers out there, maybe the pre-service teachers about to go out, 
who are listening or some of you who are just getting started in your career, you have been so through so much in your eight years. What's the biggest piece of advice you'd be able to pass on to our newer teachers so that they can at least hit your eight? Yeah, I completely. So I would be um, so far behind what I am currently doing if it wasn't for all the mentors that I have and beyond. And so I think the hardest thing is being vulnerable and being open to trusting someone who has more experience than you in your profession, but it's completely necessary um, to have someone that you can talk with about it or have several people to talk to. And it's hard to say, I really messed up today. I yelled at a kid and I'm so embarrassed. And I, but you need someone to talk with about that because nine times out of 10, I would say 9.999 times out of 10, that older teacher has done the same thing, if not something worse and would be happy to decompress it with you. Now, is every teacher a good teacher to talk with about teaching? No, not necessarily. Not everybody is automatically a mentor just because they're a teacher. I hate to say it like that, but it's just the truth. But if you can find someone that you trust and that believes in you and that will raise you up, but also be honest with you, that's the best advice that I can offer. And I hope that new teachers can be open and vulnerable and that state organizations and beyond can help provide mentors, reliable mentors for someone. Just like in the musical ensemble, we have to count on one another. Got to know, yeah. Sweet. Well, I am so grateful to you, Sarah Natupski, for being here with us today for this edition of Band Director Bootcamp. And I want to thank all of the listeners out here who are making a difference in kids' lives every day through the magic of music education. The work you do matters, and so do you. Join us next time on Band Director Bootcamp for another episode of Productivity and Wellness Tips to Make Your Life a Little Easier.